You know, we should know what happened when Jesus was resurrected. We need to know that. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, there's two main things that I want to talk about in this scripture. It says, he gave us resurrection life. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he gave us resurrection life, and he drew us to himself by his holy calling on our lives, and it wasn't because of any good we have done. Woo! Aren't you thankful for that? And it wasn't because of any good we have done, but by his divine pleasure and marvelous grace that confirmed our union with the anointed Jesus even before time began. So the two points I want to bring out today is uh, resurrection life. What is it? What is resurrection life? And then number two, it wasn't because of any good that we have done. So what is resurrection life? It's the very life of God that is in us. You're not going to, all of us, the world's not going to be able to comprehend that just by hearing one message. This is a lifelong journey. Paul even said that, who wrote three-fourths of the New Testament, he said, I keep pressing in and I am keep learning. But Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, living within you right now, not when you get to heaven, but right now, living within you right now is the Christ who floods you with expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people, and God wants everyone to know it. So we want you to know today that this glorious riches of redemption, of the resurrection, dwells in you and me today. So, and this is, let me just say this, this is why we come to church, this is why I read my Bible, this is why I spend time with him, it's because I want to know. I want to know him. So why did Jesus come? He came so that we can know God, and that's why he became one of us. He became human. Can you imagine trying to get to know God without any example? In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And so the living expression became a man and lived among us, and we gazed upon the splendor of his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father and overflowing with tender mercy and truth. So you, if you really want to know what Jesus is, I mean, you can get some examples in the, the Old Testament, even from the New. But he said, Jesus is what God is like. Jesus is what God is like. We have the forgiveness of sin because he shed his blood for us in Ephesians 1, 7. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. Most of my life, I thought God was keeping a record of my sins, which would be a scroll from here to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, and then one day, I, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, Jesus says in that scripture that he's not recording our sins. Just write it down, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. You can look at it at different translations, but he's not keeping a record of your sins. That was freeing to me. That was very freeing to me. So why did Jesus come? When Jesus died and he was buried, our sin was buried with him. But you know what else was, and I've known that most of my life, that sin was buried with him. 
all of our sin was buried with him. But you know what else was buried with him? Your sickness and disease. Every weakness, every part of the curse was buried with him. And so when Christ died, like Melody said, we died with him. Galatians 2.20 says, Paul said, I was crucified with him. Well, Paul wasn't at the cross. So how can he say that I was crucified with him? He had a revelation, which we need to have a revelation, that when Jesus died, the whole humanity was inside of him, and we died with him. But the good news is, when he was raised, we were raised with him. Romans 6, 4 says this, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised from, with him. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Another point that Jesus came is when God raised Jesus from the dead, we were raised with him. It says that again in Ephesians 2, 6. He was raised up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him to the glorious perfection and authority of heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Most people are just waiting to get to heaven to get the benefits of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. That is not what God wants. He wants us to have all of the benefits why Jesus came today, right now. So let me just say this. You're not going to need heaven, or you're not going to need healing in heaven. You're not going to need any deliverance in heaven. You're not going to need any kind of redemption once you get to heaven because there's no sickness there. There's no pain there. There's no devil. There's nothing bad or evil there. So Jesus knew that we needed it today. And that's the good news that we have it today. All of this is part of the resurrection life that it was talking about in 2 Timothy. You're not just a pardoned criminal. Amen. You're not just a pardoned criminal that's been forgiven, but 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you're a new creature in Christ. One translation said you're a new species that never existed before. Man, that's a powerful thing. You're new. You're brand new. But he also came so that we could be delivered from the curse. Deuteronomy chapter 28, that whole chapter talks about the curse. In verse 15, it says, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all who come upon us and the statutes which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then it goes on. It says, you'll be cursed in the city. You'll be cursed in your basket. Everything that is part of your life will be cursed. The first 14 verses talk about that if you obey, diligently hearken, and do everything that God says to do, you'll be blessed. There's a slight problem with that. You and I can't do that. Even on your best day. Even on my best day. We cannot live perfect. If you don't believe that, just ask your spouse. They will fill you in. We can't be perfect. So how can we have this blessed life that we talk about in 2 Timothy, the resurrected life? You can read Deuteronomy chapter 28, the first 14 verses, and every time it talks about you, you put in Jesus. Jesus obeyed 
perfectly the word of God. Jesus kept all of the commandments of God. And because Jesus did all of that, the blessings are now yes and amen to you and me. The problem with the church around the world is that we are still trying to be perfect and to live up to God's standard. This is a news flash for most of you. You can't. And so does that mean that we will always, and this is why everybody wants to go to heaven, because we feel like we can't have any of the blessings here on this planet. It's actually a lie. All of the blessings are for you on this planet. Amen. But in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 61, it says, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law, that would be COVID-19. Will the Lord bring upon them until you are destroyed? We are delivered from that according to Galatians 3.13. This is a time to get ready to shout amen. Verse 13 says, Yet Christ paid the full price, not half, not 99, but the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. Everything in Deuteronomy chapter 28, he says, I paid the price for you to be set free from the curse of the law. And this is how he did it. He absorbed it completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who's hung upon the tree is doubly cursed. So everything that was cursed upon man, Jesus absorbed it 2,000 years ago when he was nailed to the cross. That's good news. So... He's given us the resurrection life. But the second part of that is it wasn't because of any good we have done. Second Timothy, that second part says it wasn't because of any good that we have done. You can't get good enough to, be, to get the curse off of you. There's nothing that you can do good enough to have the blessings of God come upon you. In Genesis chapter 2 Verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die. If you notice there, it says the knowledge of good and evil. Why did God not want us to have any knowledge of good? Have you ever thought of that? God did not want man to partake of a tree that would give him knowledge, not only of evil, but also knowledge of good. Have you ever thought why? I think it's obvious in what happened after the fact, what Adam and Eve did after they partook. What did they do? As soon as they ate, they knew they were naked, and boy, what did they do? They tried to sew fig leaves together and to cover themselves because they knew that, you know, even back then, running around naked is not a good thing. So they tried to cover themselves up. That's what religion does. It tries to cover things up so we can be presentable now before God. All along, they were naked, and they, or as we say in Kentucky, they were naked. They were naked. I mean, they were naked, and God, they walked with God in the cool of the day. They conversed with God during all of that time. Now they understand and have a knowledge of their nakedness, and now all of a sudden they don't think they can have a relationship with God. 
Why? Because they partook of a tree that gave them knowledge of not only of evil, but of good. And so now that they know their, their status, they ran from God. They hid from God. Most people think that sin will separate you from God. If that's true, then why did God chase them down? Who ran from who? Who hid from who? God did not hide from them. Matter of fact, the Bible says God yelled and shouted, Adam, where are you? I'm looking for you, trying to find you. Of course, he knew where they were at, but he wanted Adam to come to him. But he still kept shouting, Adam. Adam was hiding. The good news is, is that God wanted them to know that he loved them no matter what. This is the thing. I believe that God knew that as soon as they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, now their relationship is going to be built upon a checklist. It's going to be a checklist. It's not going to be a... How would you, your spouse, to have a checklist relationship? Spent 15 minutes with my wife today. Check. Said, I love you 10 times today. Check. And you just went down. And then your spouse goes, what's that list? Oh, these things I just want to make sure that I do for you today. Well, first of all, you only said I love you nine times, so you, you, you missed that one. But Nobody would want a relationship like that, would you? Make sure to go over my best friend's house at least once a week. It, it's kind of like, so you don't want to come over my house once a week? Is that, is that, so you have to make a checklist? You don't want to say I love you, so you have to make a checklist? Uh, you don't want to spend time with me, so you have to make a checklist? And ever since Adam and Eve, man has fallen into that trap of making a checklist to have a relationship with God. He does not want that. That's not a relationship. And yet, when we do good, we think we're more acceptable to him. Check. When we do something wrong or evil or we sin, uh, he's not accept- it's time to hide. It's time to separate ourselves from God. It's time to, to be uh, run from him because we, we know he doesn't accept that. And we need to cover ourselves and hide ourselves from God. Unfortunately, people around the world do that today. And especially if they do one of the biggie sins, which there's no such thing. But, you know, if, if people do a biggie sin, you know, uh, they don't want to go to church and they don't want to hang around Christians and they definitely don't want to go to God. Why? Is because of the tree that man is still living on today. We shouldn't be living on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But we still do. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is alive and well today, ladies and gentlemen. Still condemns. Still causes us not to be measured up. Still causes us to think that we're short or insignificant. But, you know, if we could just 
cross the one part of the tree trunk and at least get on the side of the good branches. You know, if we can just stay on those branches, you know, at least it's the good branches. Problem is, it's still the wrong tree. We're supposed to be living off the tree of life, which is Jesus. I'm telling you, this is the greatest news you will hear this year. Our relationship should not be built upon you living in the wrong tree. And yet, a lot, so many times, our relationship with God is based upon the tree of knowledge of good and evil still today. Second Corinthians, I, I, I quoted it, but let's just look at it. Verse five, chapter 5, 19 says, For God was in Christ, while God was planning out redemption when Jesus was on the cross. Actually, God was in Christ. He was in Christ on the cross. For God was in Christ, and what was he doing? He was reconciling the world to himself. In other words, he was making everything right between man and God, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. And this is just a side note. If God's not counting people's sins against them, you don't need to be counting your sins that you have done or the people around you. Ow! You'll have a lot better marriage. You'll have a lot better friendships if you're not going, you did me wrong twice today. It's right there. You know, if God's not keeping a list, what are you doing? Just a thought. Verse 21 in the same chapter says, For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we who did not know righteousness might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. So basically, God was saying this. There's no way you could live off the tree of good and evil and to become righteous. It's impossible. I'm going to say it again. Living off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is impossible for you to become righteous even if you lived off of the good branches. Why? Because it's the wrong tree. And people still believe that. They believe that, you know, if I can just do good enough, God will be pleased with me. If my good outweighs my bad, I'll get to heaven. If, if, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people doing bad things and doing wrong things, but at least I'm not as, you know, we measure ourselves with other people. I'm not as bad as them. I mean, I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as them. I mean, they're 100% heathen. I'm just 98, but I mean, they're, they're 100% heathen. But the problem is, is God's standard is 100%. How can you reach that? You can't. And very importantly, you need to know that living on the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you definitely can't. And it just causes your relationships to be wrong. I believe if we had a greater revelation of this, we would have better marriages. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> I believe we'd have better marriages if we wouldn't cause our marriage relationship to be on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You did me wrong. I mean, you better do me good. If you want to have a good, better relationship, stay on the good branches. 
But there's a problem with that. No marriage, no person can always be good 100% of the time and live up to all of your expectations. But there is a great thing called grace that God has imparted to mankind. And he says, I love you because of grace. Nothing because of what you do or don't do. It's because I've chosen to love you just the way that you are. Now, let me just say this because people have really pointed their finger and wrote me letters even to say that, oh, so you just say we can live any other way. No, there's consequences to sin. There's consequences to making wrong decisions. I didn't want my kids are growing up. I didn't, I didn't say, oh, they're getting closer to the road. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a good father. I, it's all right. No. I would be a terrible father. I would say, hey, kids, do not get close to the road. Dad, you just don't want us to have any fun. No, it's because I love you, and I don't want you to be squashed. I don't want you to get hit by a truck, FedEx truck, doing 90 down. Anyway, but I don't want you to get hit. I don't want you to get hit. And so that's the reason. God loves us so much, he doesn't want us to have any problems as far as having a terrible life on this. Are you going to have situations that you have to go through? Yes, but it's not because God is doing it. People think that God is sovereign and everything that happens on this planet is because of God. That is wrong. God is sovereign. But he's, can you imagine thinking that? Who would serve a God that, that wants his will for people to be raped, for people to be murdered, for shootings to happen, and for all these things that are going on in our planet? You say, well, what's the answer for this? The answer is that he's caused man. He said, this is your planet. Now, I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you grace to rule and to reign where you are, where you are. You can't rule and reign over people as far as causing them to treat you a certain way. But you do have the authority for the attitude after you're treated a certain way, what you're going to think. You know, that's good news. That way you can say anything about me, you can do anything to me, but when the dust settles in my mind, I'm a new creature in Christ. God loves me, and I'm going to love you, and I'm going to pray for you. And man, if there's ever a time in our nation we should be praying for people that are just saying stupid things about you or saying stupid things, period. You know, I've said this, and I probably shouldn't say this, but, you know, it just seems like common sense left the planet common sense. I mean, we used to think that was pretty, it was just normal to, and common to have, for people to have common sense. And every day you think like, that's not true. But if you concentrate on that, listen to me, the devil is so, he's so sneaky in that if he can get you to, to listen to something or to watch a news clip for you and I to lose our joy, Check. He won that one. I refuse to, for that to happen to me. I refuse that, for that to happen. I'm not going to let some news clip destroy my joy. I'm not going to let some politician who makes a decision destroy my joy. I'm not going to let anybody out here make some decision that will hinder me from my joy. Because my joy is based upon this. It's not based upon that. And if you and I can get a revelation, now I don't bat 100% of that, but the more revelation I have of this, the more this does not affect me. 
And that is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith and knowing that everything's right between you and God. I have grace because of what God did for me, and I have faith knowing that he put that grace and that faith. He did it for Mike Davis. He did it for you. You have to believe that. It's a lifelong journey. You're not going to get that in one Easter message. It's a lifelong journey of understanding, Lord, I want to know you. I have to know you. There's a resurrection life that is placed on the inside of us, and we don't know what's in us, but it's there now. It's not going to be any more resurrected life put inside of you when you get to heaven. I'm going to say that again. There's not going to be any more resurrected life placed inside of you once you enter the pearly gates. That may be why we cry. The Bible says there's going to be 30 minutes of shedded tears. That may be why when we find out, <laughs> you mean I had that all along? Yeah, you did. You mean I had healing all along? Yeah, you did. You mean I had the faith to move mountains all along? Yeah, you did. You mean I had the, the, the ability to walk in joy, unspeakable and full of glory all along? Yes, you did. But living off the tree of knowledge of good and evil represents living an independent life from God. The tree of life was the tree they were supposed to be living off of. That's Jesus. There's two trees, he said. They could have ate of the tree of life. But they partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because the devil, he tempted them and says, you really want to become like God? They were already like God. And anytime you and I live off the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you are trying to get acceptance by God. You're, but that's independent from him. Independent from the tree of life, you can never get it. We can never get it. So let's just wake up to that. Let's live off the right tree. Let's live off the tree of life. They just didn't know who they were, and that's why they accepted the lie of the devil. They were perfect, but they truly didn't know who they were. And this is another lifelong thing. Knowing who you are in Christ. I heard this illustration. It says, you know, you look into a mirror, and if you see a blemish on your face in the mirror, you can scratch on that mirror all you want. You can put makeup on that mirror all you want, but it's not going to make the blemish go from your face. That's like living off the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can try to do all that you want, honey, but it ain't going to change. You're looking on the mirror, and you go to somebody and go, hey, how you doing? You go, oh, man, you got something right there. No, I, I saw it in the mirror. I took care of it. No, it's still there. It's still there. What takes care of the blemish? Knowing who you are. You can live like that on the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you can believe and have a re- revelation that I am in Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory, and I am in Christ. And in Christ, you look a lot better. I'll say it again. You look a lot better. If you can see your spouse in Christ, they're going to look a lot better. If you can see your, your friends in Christ, they're going to look a lot better. We need to see people the way that God sees them. He sees, and he's not counting people's sins against them. He sees them in Christ. You say, well, I, I just have a hard time. We all do. We all do have that. Do you want your faith tested? Just drive in Denver. 
See how much tree of knowledge of good and evil you're living off of that day. But this is the thing. The more revelation you and I have, the better your relationship is with God as far as not having a checklist of just getting to know. You know, we say this. You know, you just need to let your hair down and talk to him. Where you're struggling, talk to him. It's not like he doesn't know where you're struggling at. He does know. But you just need to have a great relationship with him. I tell you what, it's, I have enjoyed God the last 12 months of my life than all of the other years of my life put together. And it's just because I walk and talk with him, and the majority of the time I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I'm not trying to convince him. I'm not even trying to get him to do something for me. That's what I used to do in my prayer life. Lord, I just really need you to get this. You know, I know you haven't heard me the last six months about what I was asking, so I'm coming to you again. You know, it's kind of like you do it. You don't realize it, but I was doing a lot of arm twisting with God. You won't win that one. So more, it's now it's a rest that I have with God. God, I know that you put this in me. I just need help in getting to see what you put in me. I need to have a better revelation of what you did 2,000 years ago. It's much easier to receive a healing in your body if you are not trying to get something out here from God and to place it in here. It's a much better thing to realize that healing has been placed inside of you. And now I got to get my mind, my soul, and my whole entire being to line up to believe that it is in me. And I don't walk by what I feel, what I see, what I taste, or what's going on around me. I'm not going to walk by that. I'm going to walk because I know that it's in me. It's just an awesome thing. But you know what? God loves us so much. He wants you and I, messing up the cameraman, to have victory. You're going to face hell on this earth. You are. But we have somebody who already busted hell. He's a hell buster. And he's inside of you and me today. We have the ability to overcome anything that the devil throws at you. We have the ability to overcome every single thing that you will ever face. Every single thing. There's not one thing that you will ever face that God goes, hmm. You'll never hear God go, hmm. Or, uh uh-oh. That, that sound is never going to be heard in heaven. I mean, can you imagine Gabriel going, what, what, what happened, God? What happened? No, no, that's not. Everybody would freak out in heaven. We haven't heard that forever. No, and you never will. God's going to go, I didn't know that was going to happen to Mike. I mean, that, that's really bad, that thing that happened to Mike. That's really, really bad. You know what he's going to be up there when something bad happens to you or me? He says, Mike, if you listen to me, the wisdom to overcome that's inside of you. The wisdom to overcome that, to get through that, is inside of you. And when the dust settles, you'll be standing. Mike, I'll make sure that you'll be standing. I'll make sure that you'll be standing. But the problem is, if you're living off the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's hard to hear. 
It's hard to receive what's inside of you. Why? Because you're working so hard to get on the right branch so you can get what, what, God, what you need from God. I got to work really hard to get to this branch because I want to get something from God, and I know I got to be on this side. And the problem is you get on that side and cricket, cricket, cricket. I mean, nothing's happening. But between your ears, your brain says, well, I've done enough. You know, I hear people say that, you know, well, my grandmother, she should have been healed because she did this for the church, and she did that, and she prayed, and she was just such a spiritual person. And I think that's your problem. You can't get good enough to get healed. Hallelujah. I'm glad that's the way it is. You can't get good enough to get healed. You can't do right enough to get healed. So you and I have to come to a conclusion that, God, I'm resting in what you have done for my healing 2,000 years ago. That 2 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes I was healed. I'm going to stand on that based upon what Jesus did and has done for me instead of what Mike can do. That will set you free. Amen. Let's stand. You know, we can get about religion, and this is what religion is. A lot of times it's about getting God to come invite God into our life. But you know what Christianity is about? It's about man getting into God's life. It's invite, God is inviting us today into his life. Did you hear me? God is inviting each and every one of us into his life. I understand when people say, you know, invite God into your heart, invite Jesus into your heart. I get that. But to be honest with you, God is inviting us into his life. That's the resurrection life. And we need that. We need to have a revelation of it. The good news is you don't have to work for it. You need to start believing that it's in you. Day in and day out, when you face a hardship, I have resurrection life in me. When you're having a depression, time of hardness, you just need to believe that I have the resurrection life in me. I have the wisdom inside of me. I've got it all inside of me. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name. We thank you on this resurrection celebration day. I pray that each and every one of us, our eyes would be open that we may know, that we may know how much we are loved by God, how much we are accepted by God, and that, Father, you desire just a day-in and day-out relationship with us, not based upon checklists, but just based upon a relaxed friendship that you desire with each and every one of us. Help us just to walk in that. I pray for each and every person today just to walk in that relaxed relationship of a friendship with God the Father, that He is an awesome Father. Help us to see that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.